If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios, this is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. Awesome teammate. Um, you know, he went off to Jacksonville and he got exactly what he deserved. And uh, that's just a product of his hard work, and I'm proud of him. And uh, I can't wait to see what he do up there. But as I know they for sure got a great player, great teammate, and that's just the type of four year per, uh, person for years. That is Deion Jones, linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons, talking about Foye Aluakin. And uh, caught up with him yesterday, had some nice things to say uh, about Aluakin, who, by the way, he just met with the Atlanta media and the Jags media. And what a tremendous story that we probably haven't talked about enough. I mean, from Yale uh, to he was a defensive back to linebacker transition, special teams guy, and now has worked his way into being a star in the NFL. We have talked about that part, that he's an underrated player, I think, in the NFL. And he's now a $15 million a year guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. What an incredible story. Uh, that that he has been, and he had to battle some injuries and all of that too. And he still, you know, paved his path uh, to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, by the way, guys came up with what I think maybe is like the slogan of the team now, and should be, or maybe we should do this with ESPN 690. Just trying to make it. <laughs> nope. We go. We we say we're not worried. We're not worried about the past on ESPN 690. It's ESPN oh. 690 now. We are ESPN 690 now. Interesting. And so his quote was, I know the Jaguars have come with a narrative in the past, but uh, I wasn't a part of that, and I'm not worried about the Jaguars of the past. I'm, I'm, we're the Jaguars now. I think that was kind of his quote. Can we get him to track that for us? Like, can you just put a mic in his face next time he's talking and say, hey, can you just repeat that, but put in ESPN 690 instead of the Jaguars? That might be a good way to do it. That's I like it. Don't you guys like that? Like, Jaguars now? That's a great slogan. Here's the thing I, I struggle to wrap my head around. I mean, this guy has accomplished so many amazing things. Like, any one of those things are highly unlikely for any regular person to accomplish. And he's doing multiple of these things. Becoming a millionaire, going to Yale, playing football in the National Football League. I mean, it re- I, I can't even begin to fathom how his brain works. It's amazing to me. Well, yeah, you can't because you're not smart. Oh! Like him. Yo! Oh, Shots fired what? from Flowery Branch, Atlanta. Holy Real brain. Brain. That, that, by the way, that didn't come out the way I intended it. Oh, like I was going to say, you're not as smart as him. Oh. But then it just came That's out like, obvious. you're just not smart. Instead, you go, hey, <laughs> Schachter, you're a moron. Stop thinking about it. He wouldn't have said that if he was in studio looking you know right I mean? at you. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to make sure these cops oh, are looking out for Brent on the way back from Atlanta. He doesn't want that I, smoke. I said worse to Austin. and <laughs> He beats people up for a living. Yeah, but he physically couldn't hurt you because his hands are weapons. Shaker doesn't have hands as weapons. That's right. Sure that mush. head isn't a weapon. not a weapon. It's Yikes. A, it's shiny. Yikes. It's not a weapon. No, heads up. More of a flashlight than a weapon. Brent's shooting out here. Heads up. <laughs> so you guys like that. We're going to go with ESPN 690 now. I love now. it. Yeah, you got to say it with a deep uh, rate of Yeah, you do. Now. You kind of have to do a little... Now. <laughs> no. Uh, but Lucan's a great story. He really is. Uh, so let's linebackers, guys. Brett Morton, Aaron Schechter, uh, 
smarter than you think, uh, Casey Curtis, back in the Action Sports Studio. I am, studio. yes, thank you. <laughs> and uh, we, the linebacker's really on display today. Lewican, of course, is a former Falcon, and so that was a story. He talked to the media, and he also had a pick six. Chad Muma off a deflection. You may have seen that on social media. He gets an interception. I think he's really playing a lot better. But the storyline is really Devin Lloyd, guys. Devin Lloyd, who has been kind of under the radar because he's had a hamstring injury and could be a massive part of this defense. I mean, we're really jacked up on draft night when the Jags traded back into the first round and picked up Devin Lloyd, and now he's been on the sideline with this hamstring injury and did tell us today that hamstring injury was pretty significant, like more than just a normal tweak, and that's why he's had to stay out as long as he's, he's had to. He did it in the conditioning drill. And uh, he was pushing too much, and he said, I learned my lesson. I, I didn't need to be going the way I went in the conditioning drill coming back, and it cost me four weeks. He doesn't think it's going to be a crazy transition, and I'm not trying to discount the young man, but I've seen this enough. Uh, I think these valuable time out in the preseason, on the field, working with your teammates as a young, young player, a rookie player, even though he played a lot of football at Utah, I think it's going to take a little bit. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Lloyd – has a slower first month than people want him to have. I don't even know what that means, but I think he'll really come on. Don't be surprised, Casey, if this is like a Tyson Campbell situation where Lloyd in the first half of the year, yeah, so maybe a play or two, but also some that you don't love, and then he really picks up steam in the second half. Couldn't you see that coming? I could see that. Um, I'm interested to see how that plays out because obviously linebacker important position. If you miss tackles, it's obvious, but it's also it was obvious for Tyson Campbell. So I wonder, like... In terms of that, with Tyson Campbell, when guys were wide open, we saw it. So I wonder if you're making that comparison, what the obvious and egregious errors would be at linebacker when you might have some help from a guy like a Lewican where Campbell, he's out there by himself. Yeah, especially last year when that secondary was really rough. You know, this year you've got a lot of help at linebacker. That's one of the better positions on the roster. So they may actually cover up some of those rookie mistakes, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. But the problem with that linebacker spot, and I've, I've, I've learned as we've gone over the years, okay? Uh, yes, you're on an island. You guys are right. But he's still going to throw the football to you when you're the corner. And he also, if you miss a tackle, like after an eight-yard route, you got your safeties there for backup. So it's not like an 80-yard play potentially. Yeah. Um, they also have to catch it. You know, so there's some more mechanics in it. There's not as much of mechanics in stopping the run. So, like, if Lloyd is out of position, misses a gap, or just doesn't get the communication, or feels a step slower because he hasn't been out there, or is thinking more than he should be instead of reacting. And by the way, I could see those things happening because he's adapting to the NFL. Yeah, he's, sure, he's got a great skill set, but yeah. that wouldn't be a surprise to see a kid thinking. Heck, we talk about that with Trevor, and we think he's going to be really good. And so if you do that, Casey and Aaron, I think you sometimes run the risk of, boom, there goes a 25-yard run. And the Jags are trying to be really good against the run. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's as noticeable. And by the way, when those plays do happen, you're right. You notice that, oh, Tyson Campbell probably messed up. You don't know whose fault it was against the run. But don't be surprised to tape the day later. People are like, hey, yeah, Lloyd was a step slow there or missed that. And I'm not predicting that to happen. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I think it's a bigger learning curve than maybe even he thinks it is adapting to the NFL, the defense, when you're not actually taking the reps. You can talk mental reps all you want, but it's a different animal when you're out there on the field, guys. Yeah, and we were talking a little bit yesterday about Devin Lloyd and maybe some of the possible comps when he finally like fulfills his linebacking destiny and really gets settled into the game. 
And I do think, even though we were talking a little bit about uh, guys like Michael Parsons yesterday making some comparisons, I think he's going to be a different player. and It's going to be a little bit harder, whereas Parsons, his main job in that first year was just chasing a quarterback. That's not necessarily what we're going to be asking Devin Lloyd to do every play here. Well, it, it, you bring up an interesting point. And, see, when you talk about uh, – well, we talk about Mike Caldwell's defense, and I've done this a lot now over the last few months. I'm like, okay, I don't have a great feel for what this thing's going to look like. Where are they going to put Devin Lloyd? Because they can put him on the edge. He played the edge at Utah for yep. every year of his career. Like, they want him to rush the passer a little bit. A little bit, But yeah. they also don't want to make it too muddy for him. But I think Lloyd's a key part of that. Like, where are they lining him up? What kind of packages are they putting him in? How are they using that skill set? And that's why I always say I'm not sure if I have a great grasp in my mind of where everybody is in this Caldwell defense. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, maybe offenses won't have that as well. But I think they're going to make him an impact player. Like, Josh Allen, to me, should be the number one priority to be an impact player for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He he has a great skill set. He has experience. He should be unleashed. I also think Trayvon Walker should be right in that category because you pick the number one overall. You want to see him succeed, and he, too, has the skill set to be able to really wreak some havoc on defenses. And maybe third on that list is Devin Lloyd because he can do a bunch of different things, and he could be also a matchup problem for offenses. And where is he? How fast is he? How strong is he? All these different inexperience. He has played a lot. He's a mature kid. So once I see this defense, like, week one, but really week four and week seven, I think you're going to see this evolution of a guy like Lloyd in it. And don't be surprised if the second half of the year he has like Tyson Campbell kind of campaign. Um, And hopefully it's not as poor as Tyson Campbell was the first half of last year. But I think he really could take a big step in like November and December, guys. Yeah, you hope so. Certainly with that revamped front line uh, defense chasing after the quarterback, these linebackers taking up the middle of the field. You'd love to see it all come together, really helping that secondary to grow as well. I'm with you, Brent. Why haven't you guys asked uh, me about the kicker yet? You haven't. I mean, I know. We're waiting with bated breath. I'm ignoring you like it doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) You do feel like now you're you're never going to get that full connection with Matthew Wright just off one. You know, for the record, during the commercial break, I reached out to Matthew Wright. Really? So we may hear from him before the uh, the end of the preseason. Oh, I'm excited. Is that a good thing? Like, what do you want him to do? Say, how's James McCourt's day out here in Flower Ranch? I honestly just want him to get on the phone with Casey so I can watch Casey turn seven shades of red. All right, James McCourt. Uh, is this a big deal? He went eight for eight, guys. Oh, Has a big leg. big leg. Big leg. Had some deep kicks. He was on the far field. And... Um, I could I could see him all going in. And eight for eight, that's a hell of a first impression, right? How far back was he? It was that's hard to tell. Eleven on, on the yards far field. out. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're talking there were there was I think there was a couple one of boomers? Like beyond sixty, like close to sixty five. Really? And there might have been two two or three over fifty five. Like I think he's got a big leg. All right. What about the touchbacks though? I haven't seen that yet. No. <laughs> so I guess we can't make a full assessment yet. We have to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> But that's good, man. That's good. Things at least going well on day one that he's out there. Eight for eight is a big number. It, it would, I'm telling you, this is so weird. Like, but doesn't it, wouldn't it feel great if this guy settles down the kicker conversation? <laughs> eh, depends on who you ask. But 
Yeah, you want the train wreck to keep going. Yeah. Just so, because you just want Matthew Wright to get a job. Like, yeah. And he might not. Like, why didn't they just call Matthew Wright any time over the last Casey month? Casey wants I think the job. give up the dream. So it, I, I should get. Well, here's the thing. I'm never... Here's the one thing, kids. If you take away from this show and you're listening with your parents or you just enjoy the show, never give up on your dreams. Whether that dream is to be on the radio, be on TV like Brent, or wanting Matthew Wright to be the kicker of the Jags, never give up on your dreams, even though Brent's trying to discourage you to do so right yeah, now. Yeah, man. Hey, Joe, go get You know what I'm going to do? By the time Christmas rolls around, I'm going to get you a James McCourt jersey. That will be something. Meanwhile, Casey claims to be like a pro at uh, online FIFA soccer. Maybe you should take those uh, skills to the football field, see if you can get a job out there. It's true. Maybe the, the video game FIFA translates to field goal kicking. I'll, Maybe. I'll double check on that. You might as well check. Listen, the first couple of weeks of practice for the Jags, all we talked about was kickers. Like, that was the major problem in camp in the first couple of weeks. And they were hitting media members, and we had the head mitt and all this stuff, like a, a new product line. <laughs> like, I mean, it, was, it was amazing. And so to, for this guy to come in from L.A. after getting waived, join the team here, Obviously, nothing's comfortable about all that, and he doesn't kick yesterday, just warming up and stretching it out, but then come in here today and go eight for eight. I mean, I think there's some significance to it. It is practice. I get it, um, and we'll see what happens on Saturday. I told you guys this earlier. It's a nice situation to walk into. He's going inside the dome there, and so he won't have elements to deal with, and you usually don't have many elements in August anyhow, but uh, this will be a good situation. I mean, he could give a huge breath of confidence to this locker room, the the building, the fan base, if he goes out there and goes like three for three on field goals coming off a of practice like this, oh, I, yeah. think, I, I, do, I do think there's some significance to it. Like, I feel like, okay, Brent, like there's a lot of kickers in the NFL that go wait for eight, you know? I mean, it's like, it's practice. Well, you're That's really starting their job. You're starting, <laughs> you're starting to pare down all the, the, the battles at this point, and that's what you kind of hope is you get to the regular season. You certainly don't want to go to the regular season not knowing who your starters are or who should be your starters, but outside the offensive line, and, and that's been pretty well documented by us on this show, like, there's not much left if they nail down that kicker spot. Well, that's a fair point, too. The right tackle spot is, and then you got your back of the end, uh, the, the, the roster bubble guys. But that's a good point, Aaron. I mean, this is really the one hovering. I mean, this is the one that when I asked Doug Peterson <laughs> about the kicker, he looks at me like, <laughs> you know, just gives you that blank stare, <laughs> you know. And it's concerning. I, I, I really feel like a, it's concerning because we've seen everything in Jacksonville. And... If you go down and you, you have a chance to win a game with a 45-yard field goal and you don't trust that guy, you know what? He might make it. But the fact that if you don't trust it and you don't feel good about it, that is not a good feeling for a football team to have. So I think I just go, just go make some kicks, man, and just blend in. Like You want the kicker to blend in, much like the offensive line. You don't want to be talking about it. And so... I, I just uh, I think it uh, carries some significance today that he got off to a heck of a start because what it does is it puts it to bed for a day or two. Because, it, listen, if he went four for eight, you know what we'd be talking about off the lead of the show? We need a new kicker. We'd be talking about Matthew Wright again. <laughs> yeah, we would. And so, we'll wait but, till tomorrow. <laughs> you know, so I look at that a lot of times when we're, when we're breaking down, you know, practice or preseason games or, or just start to uh, carry some uh, storylines into the NFL season. And it's a lot about what you could be talking about, and you're not. 
And I think the Jags, at least for a day, <laughs> have that uh, with the kicker situation. Um, and, and we'll see if this kid can do it. Uh, but he did well today. Uh, that's really the, the, the moral of the story. Uh, some of the headlines of today, the, there was an interception uh, by Trevor Lawrence. But the offense, I think, still continues to look good. There was a nice play to Zay Jones a couple times. I said this, and I tweeted this. James Robinson, to me, starting to look the part more. Now, he's got the jersey on, and so they're protecting him. And he's still not, like, he's not going to play Saturday. There's some curiosity whether he'll even make it back for game one if they're going to push the envelope that much. But what I said is a couple of weeks ago, I noticed that his gate wasn't there. That's G-A-I-T, guys. Mm, okay. That gate. You know, like how a, you could see, you just envision a guy running, right? Yeah. And he felt like he was off a little bit. And so I just don't know if he trusted it. Uh, was it still? I don't think it was still hurting, but you think is it's he a mental fully back? Thing, yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, you're still kind of leaning on a little bit. Well, what I noticed here in these couple of days is when you see James run, he's starting to get a lot more work. So this is part of it. You see him more. Um, that he looks more like you don't notice that. I mean, ten days ago I noticed it. Today I didn't notice it. I think that's a comforting sign. I think that's a really good sign for James Robinson to maybe mentally he feels like he's back physically he's starting to feel like he's back and then it all signs could point to him debuting against Washington on September 11th do you guys feel like are you disappointed if he can't go in the opener or are you or do you get it if he can't go in the opener like what would you your reaction be and I guess that would depend if you picked him in fantasy or not maybe too um I picked him in fantasy but I get it I don't I wouldn't be upset if he doesn't play. It's amazing that he might be back by week one. I know. It's incredible at the, the forefront of it. So, yeah, no, if he doesn't play week one, okay, even week two, you know, let's let's be fully healthy because it's not like you you don't have Travis Etienne. Like if, if you had nothing else, I'd be yeah. like, hey, you know, maybe put him in. And you also drafted a body to be there, too. It's not like Travis Etienne is by himself, but sure. obviously James Robinson, a huge upgrade over what you got. Well, and Snoop Connor, I think he gave me a little bit more to lean on the last couple of weeks, especially last week, than he did, say, in Canton, Ohio. I wasn't overly impressed with Connor in the first one. But it was his first NFL game, and I wasn't yeah. overly impressed with anything that day. So, uh, I mean, I mean, I think, listen, if, if Snoop Connor had to go in there and get, you know, 7 to 12 carries, 7 to 10 carries, I think we'd probably feel okay with about that, right? Sure. Probably be interested about that. We'd be okay. Or even if, like, Trevor's got to throw the ball 35 times instead of 25 times and there are a lot more short passes because the running game isn't happening, then, you know, that's what it is. You just got to watch out for people putting pressure up front if you're not going to run the ball. Yeah, I, here's the other part of it. James could play, but they might just not load him up. Yep. You know? And so then you got to factor that in. Get like, it to okay. him on the one. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it might be just some of those situations. See, and I also thought about that, guys, about James Robinson. I think I said it to somebody yesterday. I said, does it matter? He's not a runaway from your guy anyway. Like, so from a, like I was talking about his gait and talking about how much, you know, speed is back or does it have to be. You love talking about the man's gait. I know. I just like that word, by the way. <laughs> but, like, I mean, how often do you notice that in a football? I used to talk about that all the time in horse racing when I covered it. But now, yeah, how often do you notice that? And I just noticed it a couple weeks ago, so it stuck with me. And now the word is just like, I'm saying there. 50 times regular. an hour. <laughs> right <laughs> and, at the top of the vocab list. Uh, very, I get stuck on some words sometimes. Yesterday was meanwhile. So if I say meanwhile today, please hit a buzzer. Because, like, I said meanwhile like 50 times. All right. Um, I'll be right. But, <laughs> but anyway, like, you know what I'm saying about James? Like, he's not a burner. 
So as long as he can fall forward for the four and a half yards to five yards and then, you know, occasionally get the eight, the 12, the, you know, he's going to pick up some 20-yard gains. But are you a little less worried about him getting, like, his, his explosion back? Because he's not really an explosive back. The question about Travis Etienne, I even said this to Press Taylor yesterday, is it nice to see some of these runs in the preseason from Etienne? You can see the explosiveness, the quick nature of it. Well, that's what he is. Like, if, he, if you don't see that from him, you'd start having concerns yeah, coming up. problems, yeah. I think it's totally different with James. You know what I mean? Yes, but you also do need that push-off to bulldoze people and run them over with a power back as well. So maybe he's not going to use it for a 60-yard burst down the field. But if that, that Achilles isn't right or he doesn't have the confidence in it, then uh, maybe you don't see him blowing through that line like he used to either. I think that's a good point you just brought up, and I've thought about that. As I've said that, what I just said, the back of my brain says what you just said. Yeah. Because just as important as being explosive and getting some of that speed back and endurance back, everything else, a big part of James's game is the push, right? That lower half yep. and falling forward and making a zero gain into a two-yard gain instead of a negative two gain. Right. So I, I do agree with you, and I, I've kind of caught myself saying that as well, and I'm interested to see how it plays out. I just don't know. I guess what I'm getting at, guys, I don't know what to expect out of James Robinson this year. The guy has given us more than anybody would have ever imagined. Nobody planned on what he gave us in the last two years. And now he's coming off this significant injury, and you know he's trying to get back because he's got another guy in the backfield that, you know, some people, like Urban Meyer, thought that guy was going to get 80% of the touches anyway. Yeah. You know, and so from a playing standpoint, I mean, these years are important for James. I mean, he goes and plays this year. He might be looking at and has a good year. He might be looking at a contract at the end of it from the Jags or somebody else. That'd be big. And this is a guy that was undrafted making like a half a mil a year. You know? So, I mean, this is a, a massive year for him. And I just don't, honestly don't know what to expect. I mean, I feel good because I, I know what it looks like when James is, is ready to go. But uh, I guess if nobody else knows his body and how good he really feels. I mean, does he, he even has, really know at this point? And does he know? That's a good point. Or is he trying to just talk himself into it? Yeah. I think there's. I think people do that. Athletes do that. All right, we'll be back. Uh, we are live in Flowery Branch, Georgia. I got some things on the table today. I want to research the rest of the AFC South for something different than fantasy like we did <laughs> earlier in the show. And I do want to compare this offense a little bit to 2017. How does it relate? Is it even close? Better or worse? How do you feel about it? We'll talk about it on ESPN 690. On the field, but instinctually, and obviously he's got pretty darn good education. As well. Yeah, he does. Uh, he takes he takes that same. Um, that same mentality that he took to apply himself in school and apply himself on the field, and it, it pays big dividends for him. It, does, it, it works for him. Well, there's a big NFL story brewing, it looks like, by the way. That was Deion Jones talking about Foyer Lewican. Did you see this, like the Aaron Donald helmet thing? Nope. I've not seen that. What's going on there? Apparently there's a fight at Rams camp, and I think he – I, I want to look at it more before, but – it's a story that could be developing. Oh, I'm looking at it now, yeah. In a very uh, Miles Garrett-esque. No Garrett-esque. Way. Yeah, but the report, it looks like, and some of these tweets are claiming Aaron Donald swung his helmet at a Bengals player during a fight. 
another one of these joint practice fights we've been hearing about. Yeah, I tell you what, we had none of that here. I Isn't mean, that interesting? absolutely not even close to something. They're that still I exhausted from the Jets game, probably. I think so. And they you know, did too they much it down, and they did not go like. I didn't think these practices were crazy intense, and so I think they avoided that. And I'll tell you something else. You know, everybody will tell you you come up to the middle of Georgia in August and you've never been hotter. Well, not these two days. Mm. I mean, these two days were beautiful. Yeah. And even now, it's a nice little breeze. There's some overcast most of the day. And we're talking about, like, low 80s, I think it was. For this time of year, it's unbelievable. So, Sam, so we didn't get all that, you know. I think I didn't, we didn't get the recipe of what usually brews some of these fights, guys. Uh, sorry to cut you off there. I was just going to say, Sam Green, who's a uh, photog at the Cincinnati Inquirer's paper in Cincy, uh, has a picture that he tweeted of Aaron Donald holding on to two. He's double-fisting Cincinnati Bengals helmets. And the claim was that he was out there swinging these things in the in the fracas. I'm watching a video of it. Oh, is he windmill? How bad is it? Does it look like one of these hardcore shows, mosh pits? No. So they're all they're all tangled up on the field, and then you do see a helmet go flying. You come to find out it's in the hand of Aaron Donald, and he's swinging now. He is swinging it, and then he gets pushed to the ground. But yeah, he's double fisting wow. Cincinnati Bengals helmets, and then. Whoever pushed him down needs to play offensive line yeah, probably he got for flattened, the Bengals. Huh? <laughs> and then Aaron Donald went down on his back like he got pancaked. He yeah. really did. Of course, it was a group of 85 guys pushing him down, That's so true. it makes sense. But, yeah, he, he was swinging Bengals helmets, there's no doubt. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, you guys are looking at this more closely than me, and I'm waiting for the breakdown, like the fight in the stands in the Jags game <laughs> from Aaron Schachter. I can go put this but, on if you want. <laughs> uh does this warrant suspension type stuff? I think I mean, it will, again, there's, yeah. There's yeah. precedent here. I mean, Miles Garrett, what do he do, lose like half the year or a year? Yeah, and that was in-game, so I don't know if they consider that any different, but this is pretty insane. Yeah, the video's wild. I mean, they're going at it, but it, like, I don't know whose helmet he has. Like, it's hard to see the videos from far away. Well, you see the helmet swinging. Like, there's I'm no doubt. Counting, I'm counting. I'm, I'm trying to count the swings. I got one. Yeah, there's a few. Two, three. Four, yeah, and then it gets thrown to the ground. I'll give you four as well. Um, but it looks like when he makes contact, it's on somebody wearing a helmet. Doesn't matter. No, I, I agree. I'm just saying it, he didn't – it doesn't appear at this point that he he hit somebody on the head with a helmet that was not wearing a helmet. It doesn't There's look like There's a couple that. of things at play. That game, First of all, that was uh, the Browns and Steelers, you know, when Garrett did that. Yeah. And he was swinging a helmet at a quarterback. Who wasn't wearing a helmet at was the time. He, yeah, he was, was defenseless, yeah. yeah. And it was like, I don't know which day. It was Monday night football maybe or Thursday night football. Like it was like this game. isolated game in prime time. And so I think this is going to take on probably a bunch of different meaning than that. I'm not sure if Miles Garrett would agree with my assessment <laughs> of it. But you're talking about, I mean, they're both unbelievable players. So it's not like it's some Joe Schmo and some all-star guy. Um, they're both very, very good players. And... I think this is be the nature of this fight, and probably what from the looks sounds of your video guys, like maybe not a direct attack on one player of the swinging helmet, more than just more flailing and well, the, and a lot of stuff going on. It looks and also it's not on prime yeah. time. Yeah, but the problem on, is the video. Yeah, I mean, not game. The video is from so far away, we really can't tell what's happening and what preceded it. The video kind of starts as the scrum is mid-fight. But yeah. I can't imagine that in Goodell's NFL, we're not going to see a suspension but and a fine out there's, of it. It, it is a faraway video. There's no doubt, unquestioned, 
you could review this in the NFL and they would be able to see it. He's hitting people with a helmet. Oh, There's yeah. no doubt. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so then, Miles yeah. Garrett was six games on that suspension. Oh, yeah. You and by could, the, you, I, you, you're going to get a suspension here. And this is supposedly, I mean, he hasn't said it, but he was ready to retire after last year. This could be Aaron Donald's last year, and it might be cut short because of this nonsense. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, listen, by the way, one thing about this, like you, you guys are watching a piece of video that was pushed out on Twitter. Like the NFL can get their hands on any video they want. Yeah, to. real video. You know, yeah. Every video is every practice is videoed with like 500 cameras. Oh, yeah. You know? So I would say from the sound of what you guys are saying, I saw a little piece of video as well. I mean, this this looks like I, there's a suspension coming. Yeah, Casey, I'll send you a tweet that's got uh, Zach Taylor making comments on it if uh, and see if there's audio okay. there that we can use. But um, uh, apparently he downplayed the whole thing. Uh, Zach Taylor did. Bengals okay. coach. Saying that, yeah, he swung him, but nobody got hurt. Hey, good news, boys. If you search Aaron Donald right now, thanks to Brent, we come up. <laughs> We're there. I'm scrolling through videos of Aaron Donald, and boom, there we are. Look there at we us are. Uh, yeah, I got to believe, guys, there's a suspension. I mean, uh, yeah, that thing is being used. I'm seeing it now a little more. I mean, mm -hmm. he is. He's going he's after been, it. He yeah. got held back, but initially, before he hits the ground and gets pushed away, and thankfully he did, or he might have really hurt somebody. I mean, that's. Listen, when you start talking about this game, and it's such a violent game, and there are emotions involved, but when you start talking about situations that, like, you could almost call the cops in on the field and it would be battery. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm trying not to be too dramatic here. No, but that's think, real. Like, somebody could, somebody could break down a video like this and be like, dude, if you did that in my neighborhood, I'd be in handcuffs. Look, helmet or not, if he connected, he could still give someone a concussion the way he's swinging those. I mean, he's windmilling these helmets. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see a suspension. I don't Six games. Was that it for Garrett? It was just six, six games. Six games, yeah. Okay, so, well, there's precedent. But it was six games at the end of the season, and so it was a whole off season before we knew when he was going to be reinstated. That's right. Well, yeah, because they did the reinstatement thing, right? So it wasn't yeah. like a hard six. It was right. like, okay, I'll need a reinstatement. Out indefinitely, yeah. Well, I, I, I think you're looking at, let's just take cut it in half because of the circumstance, right? Uh, emotions are boiling, joint practices, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and it's not Monday Night Football, and it's not one person without a helmet that he's attacking. Instead, he's just flailing and swinging, and he is Aaron Donald after all. Yep. He's been a good citizen in the NFL and an unbelievable player. He represents your, your league pretty well most of the time, or all the time, until this. So maybe it's just a, a, a few games, but I think he's going to get a suspension. Like, I don't know how you wouldn't suspend somebody for this. Yeah, the only thing that's different to me about the Miles Garrett thing versus this is, number one, you had no helmet on Mason Rudolph. And number two, I don't know that it makes a difference, but like you said, regular season, prime time, lots of eyeballs. But, you know, in the news cycle, this is going to go everywhere, too. We're already talking about it with three or four different video angles, and none of them are even official. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. All right, so I'm going to be like... Like feel like elementary school teacher here or uh, commissioner for a day here. Do you think there will be a focus at some point because of this situation? But also, you guys have mentioned it. There have been a lot of joint practices, and every joint practices it feel like except for this one with the Jags and Falcons. Fights. Yeah, man. Have had fights. Yeah. Now listen, that's as that's as old as time. All right. I mean, I've been covering the NFL for over 20 years now. And we used to cover Giants camp. I mean, we had a hell of a one with Jets, the Giants, Giants? and Jets. Giant, Jets, Giants up in Albany, New York, man. 2005 or something like that? Were you there? Man, yeah. that was a bloody yeah. fight, huh? It, it was amazing. That was in Albany. That was up at, at when they did the camp up there. Crazy and legendary. That thing, that thing was nasty. Oh, yeah. You know? And so my question is, 
it's not like they're going to stop joint practices. They shouldn't do that. But will there be like a memo? Will there be a little more focus? Like at the owners' meetings next year, will coaches get together and be like, listen, we've got to do something to so – we don't want this. Because to be honest with you, the coaches don't want that. The coaches want you to be super competitive and want you to be feisty, but they don't want to deal with that because the thing about it is they usually respect the other coach and the other team really well, and so they don't want to bro- you know, boil into – what we saw with the Jets and Giants and what we've seen over the last couple of weeks and this kind of incident. So I, I just don't believe that the coaches want to see it. Yeah. And 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 the players, eh, whatever, it's okay. That hey, it's it's a violent game. It's just another just another fight on the forty yard line, you know? Um, every every play is a car wreck, you know, in the NFL. So I don't think they care. But I'm just I guess I'm just asking, do you think there'll be some attention on this? Should there be some attention to be like, listen, we want to practice. We know it's going to be intense. We know it's hot. We know training camp sucks. But we can't be having guys, like, you know, swinging around helmets and, and, and fights every time we get together to practice. I just think the, the sheer violence of the video is going to be the driving factor in its, I mean, I hate to call it popularity because it sounds positive, but it, it's going to go viral over the next couple of minutes here. It's going viral right now, to be honest with you. And so the more people who see it, the more I think the NFL really does need to address it. Not that they weren't going to, but you got a guy in Aaron Donald who, like you said, is one of these good guys, you know, as far as the image goes, always smiling, never really in trouble. And he's double windmilling helmets in a really violent fight. How this goes on without anyone saying or doing anything is confusing to me. But I do think I remember Tomlin when the... Uh, Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett fight happened. Tomlin was pretty outspoken about how dangerous that was and how bad it was. And now you got Zach Taylor. It seems like he was downplaying what happened. We'll hear from him in a couple of seconds. Yeah, we, well, we'll hear from him right now. Is that cool, Brent? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so there, it's vastly different than what Mike Tomlin said. So here's what Zach Taylor had to say right after it happened. What happened at the end? Just got a little scuffling. <laughs> and so we just called it. We were in the last period. And we, we got two really good days of work in. And so it was worth getting the extra couple plays. So we called it up, and, and uh, we got two good days of work in, and now we'll go play on Saturday. So that was it for 11s, no matter what? The- that was it. Yeah, we, we probably had three plays left. So. Zach, do you have any idea kind of what happened there, what caused it? No, guys, emotions run high. We've been working together for two days now, and, and that's just some really competitive guys get into it a little bit. Well, how dangerous is it, Zach, when the helmets come off? Yeah, I just want to make sure everybody's healthy. Yeah, Not answer. Not answer. He couldn't be further away from wanting to answer those questions if he took a, a car ride with you guys back to Jacksonville. No, no I think, yeah, and, and by the way, like, I don't blame those guys. They're just getting off the field. They haven't assessed it. You know, he didn't probably see as much as we've seen now in that Twitter video, in fairness to him. But, I mean, you know like, NFL coaches, man. I mean, I was watching the highlights the other night from the Jets debacle against the Falcons, and you had a linebacker, I think it might have been, Quincy Williams, I'm not sure. It was. Who threw Mariota out of bounds, and then you get all kinds of jawing between the coaches there. How is this not making Zach Taylor lose his mind? I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, and maybe he does. You know, maybe when he goes back and looks at it, he might not know exact, like, how crazy it mm. might look there. Uh, I, I will, you know, I think that what's crazy, isn't it wild that the Rams and Bengals who played in the Super Bowl joint practice too? Yeah, that's weird too. I didn't thought about like, that. I'm not sure how many times you see that. I, don't, I mean, maybe it's happened before. Maybe it happens more commonly and I just don't remember it. But I'm, uh, you know, this is interesting. This situation's boiling up because they played each other in the Super Bowl some eight months ago. And I, here's the difference in this whole situation. It's Aaron Donald. Yeah. Aaron Donald is like, 
the best defensive player of the last decade and one of the best defensive players of all time. All time. Like, if you start looking at his numbers, you can put him in the conversation of all-time greats. Oh, yeah. And that is not an overstatement. Like, that's not dramatic. And so now you've got – this would be like Tom Brady, you know, Getting suspended taking the helmet the, and starting to yeah. take shots at people, yeah. you know? So that's it's pretty significant, and, and it's not going to go away. So, again, I, I don't – I'm not telling you that I think the NFL should come in and be like, listen – but don't be surprised if there's not some quiet memo over the next year before camp starts and conversations to say, listen, we got to squash some of this. It's one thing if you're pushing and shoving, but we can't be doing this. It's a bad look. Uh, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm overplaying it, uh, but uh, I don't think it's a great look for the NFL when you got your, your best player potentially on the defensive side of the ball. Being a villain. Yeah, well, you know, using a helmet as a weapon. Essentially, man. I mean, it's. Uh, we'll see what happens with the uh, Aaron Donald situation. All right, talked about nothing. I was going to talk about that segment. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron Donald. We have breaking news. We did have breaking news. Um, there's a like a mascot problem in South Carolina. Have you guys seen this? Story? Oh, we got a we got a whole we got a whole bunch of details on I that. I can't explain to, to you how all over the story we are. <laughs> <laughs> you had to know yes. we'd be on top of it. <laughs> well, great. We're going to South Carolina when we come back. The talk mascots on yeah, ESPN six ninety. Hey, I tell you all, top about I cryo in St. Johns County. Have you been yet? The Martin Ozogo. We absolutely love it. Great way to recover from your athletic events if you're a student athlete or if you're just an athlete. I'm no longer an athlete, but uh, you can recover from your daily lifestyle. Cryotherapy chamber, red light therapy, the sauna, compression. They have IV infusions, body sculpting, more and more. And how about this? Coming up this Saturday, a back-to-school bash at iCryo in St. John's County. And they'll have a live DJ, 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Celebrate the kids back to school at iCryo. Be a part of it. Elevate your lifestyle at iCryo in St. John's County, the pavilion at Durban Park. Again, the back-to-school bash this Saturday, 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. A live DJ as well will be there and a lot of fun activities uh, for you. iCryo, St. John's County Pavilion at Durban Park. Download the user-friendly app if you haven't yet. iCryo, elevate your lifestyle. Brent Martineau along with Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz here on a Thursday as uh, practice wrapped up between the Jaguars and the Falcons and we might have a bird problem in South Carolina, Aaron. Man, it's uh, it's pretty interesting what's going on in there. SEC can't seem to keep themselves out of the headlines, although this one isn't about... They kind of like it, I think. Yeah, I think they do. This one's not about what's happening necessarily uh, between the sidelines. This is about a mascot over at the University of South Carolina. Brett, I learned today when this story came out, University of South Carolina actually has two mascots. They have a live mascot, and then they have the big furry version. The big furry uh, version, his name is Cocky, and, yes. and, and he's not in question. That's here. the one we're most familiar with. Yes, he's, the, he's very popular. Okay. Yeah, no, he's very popular. Nice, nice. I don't know if he's a member of the Mascot Hall of Fame now. we got to check on that. But, uh, very popular. <laughs> in Indianapolis, I believe. <laughs> yes, that's right, in Indianapolis. <laughs> but uh, the, the mascot in question here is their live mascot. They actually have a live chicken mascot, or have over the years, whose name was Sir Big Spur. And you would think that the university would own their mascot, but apparently they do not. They didn't own the mascot, nor did the university own the naming rights to the mascot. So they're renting a mascot? 
I don't even know if they're renting it. It doesn't really get into the the deal between the uh, the chicken owner and the school. But what they do say is there's a new owner to the chicken, and they can no longer call the chicken Sir Big Spur. Wow. And so they've done what every business and, and, and everybody else does in 2022, and they need to rename something. They ask the Internet. Yeah, they do. And, and you know it never ends up well when they <laughs> ask the Internet. Or it does. <laughs> <laughs> So we're looking at a couple of options here that the school voted on. And some of these are awesome. And some of these are scary. And some are kind of lame. And some are the right answer. <laughs> some, some are kind of lame. So I'm going to run some of these by you, Brent. You tell me if any of these tickle your fancy. Yeah. By the way, it's a rooster, not a chicken. My bad, a man. Difference. It's a rooster. You're right. It's a rooster. I was like, oh, chicken. Because <laughs> they are the Gamecocks. That's true. That goes into this story as well. Now, some of these names do play off the word chicken as opposed to rooster, so you'll, you'll have to bear with it. But uh, here are some of the potential names for South Carolina's new live rooster mascot. The first one and the one who's the odds-on favorite to win is the word coop as a name. Uh, that's weak. It's kind of boring, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, Chase. Here's a better one. How about Cluck Norris? No, that's stupid. What? Cluck I'd Norris go is with great. Coop than Cluck Norris. <laughs> kind of like Cluck Norris. Captain Cluck. Do you really? It's better than Coop. Captain Cluck is worse than Cluck Norris. Captain Cluck sucks. You guys fan of Zaxby's? Because Kicking Chicken is on here. I do like Zaxby's. So I'm. I would think <laughs> yeah. about food the whole time. Yeah, that's man. probably the opposite of what. By the way, like. Kicking Chicken's pretty good. It's pretty delicious. Yes. Got that it, hot sauce. I think it's a good name too. Ranch. Like you can you can do a lot of things with kicking chicken. Well, here's the problem though. I don't mind naming the big fake furry mascot kicking chicken, but once you name the real animal kicking chicken, you might have some drunk frat boys oh. taking it a little too literally. And you might have PETA after you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not Rooster into that naming games. What about what about Marco Pollo? No, that's still not good. You don't like that one. No. I give that points for creativity. I like that. That's one. a stretch. Bilingual name Marco Pollo. I like it. Mr. Chicken Scratch, also on the list. Boo. Dumb. Don't like that one. <laughs> Come on, there's one winner here. Well, yeah, there is. There's one right here for any big Lebowski fans. Cockadoodle Dude. <laughs> yeah, they try. I can get it. You can have fun with the kids with that. I can right? get it with Cockadoodle Dude. I'm telling yeah. you right now, I like, like it. I can see, like, if you're like a. From an establishment standpoint, right, I could see that one being having some success. You yes. Could, you got to find some things you can play off. That's why kicking chicken could be good as well. Yeah. But they are going to run into PETA problems probably. And so what's this latest? What, cockadoodle? Cockadoodle dude? dude. Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. And he is the cockadoodle dude. Again, I think it might be a better name for the big furry mascot, not the, the real Yeah, that's one. true, too. But this last one is clearly the winner. I mean, everyone <laughs> is in support of this one. I was going to say, what's the vote? Like 98%? <laughs> it's like got to be. politicians this week wish they, wish they had named themselves this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this one, the one that will clearly win at least the student vote. I'm not sure if it'll win University of South Carolina's <laughs> approval, is the cock commander. <laughs> Listen, don't we all call ourselves that? <laughs> well, Brent, you really know how to lay it on chick. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that they've, like, the Gamecock uh, mascot itself already is, like, enough, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a bit cocky, uh, which you can probably get away with a little bit more. And if they go cock commander here, man, this is just full-out awesome. 
I mean, they really are diving in headfirst to all the stuff you would think they would be walking away from. But how many jerseys are you going to sell? How many T-shirts are you going to sell? A ton of them. Like the jersey number one, I would retire at South Carolina because it would be cock commander forever. (laughs) There you go. Unless you did a different number. Mm, All right. I see where you're going with that. Maybe one of Rob Gronkowski's favorite numbers. (laughs) Yes. Oh, goodness. Maybe so. Hey, before you go to break, Brent, do you know why chickens make great musicians? No. They have their own drumsticks, man. Ah, very good. Thank you. I hope the kids right. are listening. Really, I hope the kids were not listening to that segment. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see where it lands. Cock commander it is. <laughs> that is so good. I'm such a seven-year-old. I really can't stop Yeah, really. We all are, though. And so, by the way, is every kid on a college campus. So, he'll <laughs> play so well on yes. a college campus. 100%. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Checks on ESPN 690. All right, we're going to get back to football. I've got two thoughts. And I want you to, uh, we, we gave you a homework assignment yesterday. How does this year's offense compare to 2017, which, quite frankly, is the best offense in like the last 15 years the Jags have had? And I've got a new one for you as well potential blue chippers. If you were to go blue chip players on the Jags, who are some names that you might rattle off and buy stock into from a blue chip standpoint? We go there football at five when we come back. Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, Brent Martineau. I'm here in Flowery Branch, Georgia. We'll be back on ESPN 690. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 